Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew LaPau. Let's start the show. Get on that bird and go! I want to clean like the highway. A boss in this state, we do it my way. It's raining out there, so why play? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Musician. I know it's been a while since I posted an episode. A lot has been going on and I've been so busy with a lot of different projects and playing in different bands, going on the road. Um, and my apologies for not posting these because I've got a lot of podcast episodes that I'm going to put up and I'm really excited um, to share all of those with you. And we have a lot of great guests coming up, uh, a lot of Nashville musicians like Guthrie Trap and... Um, Lindsay Miller, and who else? Just so many people. Uh, Ben Douglas was just on, and I'm going to get to all of those, and I'm really excited about that. And today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Beth Garner, and she is kind of a downtown Nashville staple. Uh, She's the lead singer of the band, the Tennessee Twisters, um, which is a terrific band, and they put on such a great show. And I got to talking with Beth about... um, her upbringing in Texas, um, the arts high school that she went to, and her move to Nashville, and how she got started here, and the new recording project that she's working on. So without further ado, here's my interview with Beth Garner. Enjoy. Occasionally, yes, we do. Um, we first met at an audition, I think. We did. Yeah, we did. We met at an audition, uh, and we got to play together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember. And 
I, but that wasn't the first time I saw you. The first okay. time I saw you uh, was at The Wheel down on Broadway, and you were playing with your band, the Tennessee Twisters. Right. I think I remember that, too. Well, yeah, because I... don't remember I... too much, but I, remember, <laughs> I think I remember that. Well, you, you maybe it stuck out because I just got done playing four hours down at Tequila Cowboy. Right. And then the drummer and I walked over to The Wheel, and I hung around for four hours right watching on. your band play. Yeah, right on. <laughs> it's a good band. Was this the with Rory and Iva Lee and Gage? And... It was with Iva Lee, uh, yeah, Rory on drums? Uh, Rory uh, plays accordion. Oh, no, Rory wasn't. It was a drummer. It was a Stan, male drummer. Yeah. Stanimal. <laughs> okay, Stanimal, yeah. And he was doing comic relief yes. in between songs. That's why I love him. <laughs> and Ivory on fiddle. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think Kim Lee was playing bass. Oh, this is when Kim Lee was with us. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I, I was honestly so just like, it was such a great entertaining experience. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like, I didn't mind hanging out in Honky Tonk for, for another four hours right. for another band's four hour set. Thank you. Very yeah, much. it was great. Like, Thank and you. the whole banter between the band was really awesome. Um, just y'all y- have such a like a just I don't know. It's a cool vibe that you put Thank across. You. I take yeah. pride in that. I mean, I pick people for their personalities and skill level is almost second because you can get great players. You can get the great players are a dime a dozen, you know. So uh-huh. I like we always have to have good rapport, and I always ask my friends, you know, yeah. because that that it comes across on stage, and people like that. And we knew what we were doing, you know. We know we were entertaining, and we know that um, we we have to show off our skills too, so we don't get lumped in with other chicks or whatever. And everybody could hang, and um, I just. I like I said I'm I take a lot of pride in my bands and I was very proud of that one for yeah. sure I love that one I love all the people in those bands for sure and so whose idea was it to name it the Tennessee Twisters uh well that's kind of disputed I I kind of derived it from the Texas Tornadoes because mm-hmm. um, it was Doug Som with Flaco Jimenez Augie Myers. Um, and um and I can't I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank right now but they were very cool they did Texas rock and roll Tejano and had accordion guitars it was just cool a cool vibe and then um the Tennessee Twisters name kind of came about and then but the name came about and then the the concept sort of evolved where me and Kim Lee and Iva Lee started twisting on stage mm-hmm. where we would kind of intertwine during our solos and somebody put a fiddle behind their back and somebody else would be in, playing under their leg and we'd be taking solos for like, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes and, uh, you know, we knew what we were, we were doing. Now, we were playing Twister. Uh, well, how much, how, how much practice did that take to get the... We never practiced. You it just was, would... It was shots of tequila and... <laughs> Michelob Ultra it and... Looked, it looked like you were, you know... <laughs> no way. <laughs> like trying out for the Olympics. No, we just kind of, you know, I mean, I take yoga. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's like, you know, I don't know what happened. We just, we wanted to entertain. We were trying to fill up the tip jar. We know, you know, that kind of stuff speaks to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but we also maintained the talent at the same time. You know, we mm-hmm. always made sure that we could play first. But you know, we just happened to be you know through each other's legs and behind each other's backs, and uh, you know, right foot red and left hand yellow, and it was Twister. So, 
two two numbers that you do really stick out in my memory from that night when I checked you out. One was when everybody went to take a pee break, and I believe <laughs> played Seminole Wind. Right. Did I don't know a ten minute, mm-hmm. you know, yes. uh, fiddle solo, mm-hmm. and then uh, your version of uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. I okay. Think. It was yeah. Pretty much a showstopper. Thank you. Those were cool. Um, I believe I've always been a fan of John Anderson and Seminole Wind. You know, Four Chords in the Truth, right there. Um, love him. So, um, Iva Lee is a lead instrument player. So she started to take liberties on the beginning, the intro to that song because it gave her more freedom. So she got to express herself and we loved listening to it. And it was, it's, she's, she's an amazing musician. I've watched her grow. I knew before she did her talents, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's why I called her and, and, you know, I like people who are themselves, mm-hmm. whether people like it or not. I like people who are themselves. I just ultimately appreciate that more. And she is herself and expresses herself in that way. Kim Lee, the same way. Stanimal, the drummer, mm-hmm. same way. He he maybe he got a little bit X-rated on some of his sponsored commercials. <laughs> but that. see, you're laughing and you're still I laughing. And so am I. I think about him a lot. Like... I'll be driving and I'll think about his commercials. And this portion of the show is brought to you by WTF. <laughs> you know, and I just I start like laughing. Oduls, but there's other ones. Oh, the Oduls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to like be, at first I was like mortified. And then I went, you know what? We're in a club. We're in adult. This is adult it's atmosphere. Adult just yeah. laugh, okay? Let's just laugh, people. Please, please, let's forget our problems and laugh. People so. were rolling. And oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss all that. We don't really get to do that as much, but uh, but you're you're doing like a, a, a bunch of different projects, aren't you? Yeah. I've always done a lot of different things, but now I'm actually doing less, and I'm more focused on the artist thing. Oh, when I lived in Austin, I had I was always in like six different bands and. Uh, everybody took pride in that and as well. And um, But I moved here. I was kind of sidemaning it for a few people, but always maintaining my front man thing, helping other people out. But I finally just, you know, I just turned uh, <clears throat> a couple days ago. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. And a couple weeks, I should say. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to spend this year really getting my artistry together. And uh, I, it's really hard for me to back up other people now. You know, I, I'm my own, my own artist too. I write songs also mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm going to go for it, you know, cause well, don't be scared. Yeah. No, don't, don't be scared. But and I also just want to kind of get it out of the way so I can move on with my life. I feel like I've kind of held back and put other people first a lot, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, I just need to get this out of the way. <laughs> Get it over with. The artist thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you're talking about. Yes. And does that include, what, cutting a record? Well, we just got, uh, we just completed a music video nice. through Mark Olivarius. And, uh, oh, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me to be in that. I was yeah, out of town welcome. at the time. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we got three more. So we're Sweet. doing three more videos and three more songs with him. And we're going to release those all, uh, hopefully, uh, one by one by the end, till the end of the year. And then um, we're also working on a blues album, and I'm going for broke on that one. You know, I'm going, I want a Grammy, uh, or at least a nomination. I'm, I mean, I ever, why not be almost delusional? Why not just yeah. like have a dream and follow it and then go for it? Go for it. 
there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Are, are so are you? Um, is it's going to be a blues record? Yeah, okay. it's going to be it's going to be me, which is blues and country. So, mm-hmm. but I just need to stick with the blues vein because, um, it's just I just need to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my roots. A lot of my roots. I got a lot of different roots, but yeah, I like it. You know, I I I think I got a reason to play the blues now. I, I when I was playing it when I was younger, you know, I'm like. You know, blonde twin sister, me and my blonde twin sister going into these black clubs in Dallas and all these other, you know, clubs and, you know, playing the blues. But now I got a reason, you know, I feel it and I get it. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I paid all my dues, but I paid some (laughs) enough to not really give a fuck anymore. So, um there. I think that's a great place to be at. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It's easier. So much easier. Yeah. Don't fight it. Just not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember I think <laughs> I was 26 and I really thought I could write the book on not giving a fuck but I didn't give a fuck. So right? like... <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. There's an art to it. There it is. is. You can't like, you know, not pay your bills. I'm not going to give a fuck. No, you gotta like... It's not so much about like I don't care. It's I, I don't give a fuck and I'm going to just do what I know is right to do right. and it's gonna come and it kind of come it comes easy if it you does. get into the flow of the whole thing yeah it does flow just go with it and that's what that's what i've been doing pretty mm-hmm. much so um i used to along the way get really scared about what people thought but you just have to can't listen to those voices anymore you know and those are really only internal to you, you some know? of them yeah but also i've seen people who don't want to see you successful not not talking about myself in particular but you know, I remember seeing, I had a, a close friend of mine, she was getting a music video done. She would post about it and, you know, 11 likes, you know, it's like people didn't want to see her successful. I'm like, what's wrong? You know, um, it helps all of us. So yeah. you get a little jealous. It's like, no, it, it's all of us, you know, but we I, help each other. Yeah. I wonder like wh- why that is. Do it, it's, I guess it's just petty jealousy. It yeah. is, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I was guilty of it when I was younger. I had somebody pointed out to me, and I went, "Ooh, I am doing that. Why am yeah. I doing that?" And I'm like, "Nah, you could take everybody with you. Everybody can enjoy. You can share your successes because mm-hmm. it it helps all of us." And at the same know. time, like being a successful musician doesn't mean you're gonna be living in Beverly Hills. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not that's like right. it's not like being a successful whatever. I don't know, like a like a. NBC news anchor like you're, you're right it's totally successful, different what is success what successful musician to you what is that to me a successful mm-hmm. musician mm-hmm. uh I don't know I consider myself a successful musician now even though like I'm not playing you know on uh the Grammys yet right. or whatever but right. uh, I'm doing what I want and I pers- I'm pursuing what I want and I yeah. have the freedom to pursue what I want in my uh my artistry or my music but I, I don't know. Successful musician to me, I I would like to own a house, yeah. you know, and raise a family right, and, yeah. and have their there colleges paid for. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's successful in American, right. you know, standard Americana. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I feel like I am a successful musician. I may not be what I'm. Start, I'm, I'm saying it like you. Where we sit there and say, I may not be this, this, and this, but you know what? Screw that. We are we're successful because the the way I see it, the playing field is level. Um, I played on Broadway on Broadway, as you know, and, um, 
I play for a lot of people every year. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands of people over the year is who I, I play for. Mm-hmm. And they come from all over the world. And that is invaluable to me because I didn't have to go kill myself on the road and go try to earn all these fans and which I love traveling and stuff, but you know, you get to be <clears throat> on certain age and you just <laughs> like, it hurts. It really does. It hurts to get on the road yeah. unless like certain things are taken care of. So, um, uh, you know, um, you know, I feel successful. I played for a lot of people. I got a lot of fans, um, you know, um, success i'm successful the playing field's level we're all vying for the same gigs that's why the playing field is level you know uh everybody wants the same gigs so and and the opportunities are equal for all of us so um playing field's level and we're all successful i guess Tea time. <laughs> it must feel great though to know that when you're playing like people you have this audience that just comes to you so the audience comes to you whether or not they know what they're in for right they they go to the wheel or they go to right. layla's right and then it's you that yeah. they're seeing but they stick around i like that you i know? do and and that's taken a long time to be able to to get people to stay you know because you know i could uh you know there's you can have bad habits as a front person and it turns people off. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to make yourself likable. You have to include everyone. Um, you know, there's a definitely an artistry to that, to Mm -hmm. being a front man and a front person. And, uh, you know, keep them entertained. People are moving in and out every 10 to 15 minutes, so you kind of have to keep it interesting. And I like to make it where people come in and sit and stay the whole time mm-hmm. and then, like, fall off the bar so they're like, when the lights come on, they're like, whoa. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, and also, well, that was back in my wheel days. You know, it was a lot easier, easier to do that. Now I'm, like, doing more bluesy stuff across the street at Layless. So working on my show over okay. there. Are you are you not doing the wheel anymore? I, um, I still there. play there. Yeah. yeah, I still, you know, I mean, I still play wherever I'm asked to on Broadway and yeah. I'm able to make the gig. Um, Were you playing with Craig Smith? Uh, Craig Smith was, uh, he did play with me. He played with you, oh, yeah. yes, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, he was my roommate for a while. I love no Craig. No way. Oh, yes, I love Craig. The first week he was there, he, like, shows me all these licks, and then I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm not really one to, like, sit down and work on people's licks or anything, but I was absorbing it. And then the first gig I did after he lived with me for a week, I came home and I was like, man, I played really good. I was doing all this stuff. <laughs> hadn't really done in a while. And then, like, and then he stopped showing me licks after that. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, he just got quiet. I'm like, what the hell? So, uh, I love him. He's great. I I love Craig's plan. I always always go up to him and I'm just like, hey, I want to hear your thick Irish accent. (laughs) He can play, uh, he can definitely play stuff like the record. I'm very impressed when people can do that because that's a certain area of your brain that I don't particularly like to access playing stuff like the record, you Mm know? Um, it's a hard thing that, that, for me. That, yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I don't I know think why. He's that's what everybody it. wants when you go to when kind you join of. a band. You know, like they yeah. say, can you just do it like the record? It's like, but can the guys who did it on the record do it like the record? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. probably not. <laughs> um. So, so, so you're. Uh, what are you, 
You're from Texas. I am. You were born in Texas. I am. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Lived in Austin, toured that entire state extensively with all sorts of Texas country bands. Mm And um, started out in Dallas playing a lot of blues when I was 16. Um, Hit all the blues jams. And there's a guy named Hash Brown. He turned me on to Freddie King and Albert King. And, and, you know, we listened to all all the good stuff. Magic Sam, Chicago Blues, and... Otis Rush and Johnny Guitar Watson, one of my favorites. Otis Rush, hell yeah. Oh, I love Otis Rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it, man. Love that stuff. Love doing his songs. Um, um, we do some Willie Dixon. We do, you know, I yeah. mean, I love doing that kind of stuff. It's hard for me to find people in Nashville right now who play like the way I used to play back in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like this whole. There's like this way everybody played, and you just kind of like could call people. They kind of fake it through, even if they didn't know the song. It doesn't seem like I found that yet here. Maybe I'm in the wrong place, but um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, in Dallas, um, went to, back and forth between Dallas and Austin. Played in a lot of different bands and mm-hmm. kept myself busy. So when did you pick up the guitar? I was well officially when I was 14. Okay. Cool. And then you just, the rest is written. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm going to be a musician. Yep. And yep. I was, I was actually inspired when I was um, like nine. I used to watch Saturday Night Live and I always loved the Saturday Night Live band. G.E. So. Smith. Yes. yes. G.E. Smith <laughs> and that bass player who I still, I don't think I ever knew his name until recently. Um, I think they called him Wolf or something but he looked like Steve Ravani of the Soul Patch okay. and he'd wear the hat and he'd play the bass oh yeah it just looked so cool I'm like <laughs> I want to play with that guy right there <laughs> and they would do like instrumental versions of songs and Freddie King and I just liked his whole band leader persona G.E. Smith you yeah. know so that was what inspired me at first so and then did you once you were finished with high school what'd you do well, I went to an art school. Um, it was Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, and I got to study jazz for, you know, four oh, cool. music classes a day. And then, um, you know, hung out. Nora Jones was my lunch buddy. We went to the prom together, and a lot of good musicians passed through that high school. It was really an oasis. It was downtown Dallas. Oh, nice. And um, really some of the best musicians I've ever played with in my life, to this day, were in that high school. Some of them play... You know, Snarky Puppy uh-huh. and God's Property and just different people. Um, but, um, yeah, so you asked me what after high school. I'm sorry. Well, it, that's cool. I derailed no, I'm, I'm totally interested Washington. in that high school. Yeah, so oh, you went to... It's, a, it's the Blue Ribbon School. It's the number one high school in the United States every year. Oh, wow. Every year since I've been there. I mean, it's been in the top ten because the environment is... I don't even remember any fights there wasn't fights i mean it was a really good environment i mean yeah downtown dallas you know mm-hmm. um just everybody wanted to be there and we were very encouraging and like i said some of the best musicians i ever played with in my life to this day jazz musicians yeah like great skill balance of feel and soul and you know um i really liked it i i wish that i could recreate that somewhere here now but you know, there is a there is a Texas jazz musician thing that where mm-hmm. they just take over. You know, like <laughs> Robert Glasper, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I just know so many guys yeah. that just moved to New York from either yeah. Houston or, right. or Dallas, and 
Yeah, and they just take over New York. Yep, there were two. Uh, there's a, a high school for the performing and visual arts in Houston as well, mm-hmm. and we also have the University of North Texas. So in Denton, which is, yeah. you know, the their lab bands are critically acclaimed, and um, you know, just standards are high. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't make it at North Texas for very long. Cause okay, they, so you, you I did go to North Texas. Mm-hmm, I did go for two years, and I was just kind of like. Uh, you know, it just wasn't vibing with me. I started getting bad grades and not going. And Were they trying to kind of put you in a box of, like, well, just, just jazz? Or... I had to start over and, like, take all these classes over again, like, aural skills and, <laughs> you know. And then it was like, oh, you no, know, you have to do it this way and yeah. play it like this. And I'm like, ah, but I've been doing it like yeah. this for this long and I've been making money at it. And they're like, no, you have to do it like this way. And then I was just threw my hands up in the air said uh, I quit going <laughs> so you quit you quit um going to school and then did you move to Austin after that um actually I went from Denton to Dallas and I started a band called the Rattlesnakes which was my twin sister on bass and this girl Cricket Taylor and uh, she's kind of like a bluesy Cheryl Crow type and we were pretty much like the blue roadhouse blues version of the Dixie Chicks and just really good music Dirty blues. Um, everybody was uniquely beautiful, and uh, but they didn't have the same vision. So. Okay. Spontaneously combusted. And and so what was? How many years did you do in Austin? Uh, well, no, that was in Dallas. Okay. No, that was from Denton. I went to Dallas. And I did that band. Um, I did that band, and, and for oh God, I don't know. It lasted not for very long, and at that point, I went and did my Beth Garner solo blues thing, okay. and I got um, I did a blues album. Um, Don O was a the director of the blues radio station in Dallas, and he helped me do my record, and um, it got it was number four in Dallas that year. It was a cool little blues album. Nick Curran played drums. Um, some people maybe they know Nick. Um, he passed away of cancer October 5th, uh, 2012, I think, maybe. Um, but he was really phenomenal musician. So I'm very happy to have captured him as a drummer on that album. Because um, people knew him as a guitar player. And he used to play for the Fabulous Thunderbirds. He was a big Texas blues guy. Uh-huh. and um, Nick Curran. Um, anyway, so I'm really happy to have captured him on that blues album. I have Kevin Smith on bass. He's now playing with Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played with Dwight Yoakam. Um, you know, we recorded it in Austin at Fort Horton Studios. We used old 1950s ribbon mics. Uh-huh. So we did it like an authentic blues album. We yeah. did it mostly live. We left the mistakes, right. you know, tweaked a few things, did a, did a few overdubs, but it was greasy. Uh-huh. And it was cool. It sounded like a record I was really happy with. Um, and did but, you tour with that? Uh, no, I didn't know how. Yeah. I did the album and then pressed it and thought everybody was magically going to know about it. <laughs> and, and no. Oh I know, I know. That's you know, you're like, I when I where is everybody? <laughs> and then you go, oh, years later. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, let me have another shot at releasing it. So um, I did that and I was, you know. Also, I, you you get to where you, you get tired of hearing yourself. I listened to that album and I hated it. I was like, uh, "What did I do? You know, this is so stupid." And then you just you go back and forth, and after a while, you go, "You know what? It is what it is." And do you it, like it now? 
I do. I appreciate what it is. Yeah, it was like what I was doing at the time. I was listening to blues. We I recorded on an amp that was a four inch speaker. It was a nineteen forties Oahu. It was this big, and it was no pedals, nothing, straight into the amp. So it sounded like old Johnny Guitar Watson, you know, just bitey tone, like Johnny Guitar Watson of the fifties um, tone. And um, but then uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm proud of it. The way I see it, it's like their chronicles, their chapters. This is something that I did. Yeah. And, and the next album was different, and the next one's gonna be different maybe or maybe not you know people want want you to do this one thing the same way every time because they don't like change but we're artists you know we got to yeah. paint different pictures and i admire you that you keep going in you keep hammering out more songs and mm, records you know, well thanks this is you know that was in 2001 was the blues album and then i did another album in 2005 um i kind of did little things in between i did a tennessee twisters album in 2013 maybe was it, yeah, 2013. So there's a lot of time in between. I mean, I'm not churning out albums that mm-hmm. quickly, but you know, at least making something. So what? So now that you you said you're gonna do this artist thing, you're gonna give it this, you know, yeah. college try and uh, the know? old college try. <laughs> and this is the college try I'm talking about. Well, yeah, this is I've derived something called the formula since uh-huh. I've been living here in Nashville. I've I know I learned a lot. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Okay, a lot, and um, like even down to releasing a single to the radio. I know exactly how to do that. I know exactly how much it costs. I know the link to the website. I know you know to get the IRC codes. I also know how to set up my publishing on dot gov. I mean, uh, my copyright on dot gov. Uh-huh. I know how to set up the collect the royalties on mechanicals on sound exchange. Okay. I got I've done a Damn. lot of research. Okay. So now I'm going to do it myself. And, um, we're taking, um, some songs that I wrote, you know, about 10 years ago and we're, um, we're giving them the Nashville touch. We're putting them through the Nashville trainer strainer mm-hmm. and out pops a polished turd. Mm-hmm. And there you have the formula <laughs> that is Nashville. <laughs> Woo! So, uh, no, I'm taking some songs that, you know, breathe a new life into it. We're adding, adding fiddle and steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're taking an old album basically okay. that I did and it, which t- on today's standard sounds like a demo. Okay. So I am going and slicking the shit out of it, uh-huh. and we put some fiddle and steel, like I said, and we're releasing singles. So we got this one single called "Too Many Cooks." We're going to release that hopefully in two weeks. Launch it with a new website, and which is bethgarner.com, and um, and then um, we're going to just kind of piggyback off that. We've got three more songs I'm going to re-record. And give it the old Nashville formula touch. Uh-huh. And, um... <laughs> That's awesome, though. But, you know, um, yeah. And then keep people... Give them something to digest. Maybe it's easily digestible. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. But it's something. And uh, then, um, all the while, I'm recording a new album. So, mm-hmm. the new album will be, um, hopefully cool. So, um... I got I got the material, you know, we just haven't started pre-production. Probably going to do that in March. Okay. What are we in February right now? Yeah, yeah. so I'm hope, hopefully have pre-production started by the end of March. Okay. And, um, you know, that's for the three new songs. We're doing three new songs, three new videos. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm focusing on the artist thing. And um, um, even if I am backtracking with old material, you know, um, polishing it up. 
Um, we're just going to give it the old try. I think there's a new, we're going to try to create a new, um, what's the word? Um, the formula that has worked doesn't work anymore. Okay. Okay. With like, as far as the music business goes, it doesn't work anymore. It's in shambles. So I've been studying it and I'm rebuilding in my own way and we're going to see if it works and hopefully we'll set a new model. What do you think the, like the common denominator is for a musician's success? Like, is it, um, Knowledge. knowledge, knowledge is power, knowledge of knowing how to collect on every royalty how to every figure out every license that you need to make a royalty on one song okay so i divide it up with one song where with one song you can collect royalties five different ways you can get publishing you can get copyright you can get mechanicals if you produce it you can get that if you are the featured artist you can collect a royalty for that you collect a streaming royalty mm-hmm. um what else that's six okay. there's also i have not included youtube or music right. videos so there's there's possibly eight ways to collect on a song. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this goes to the producer, this goes to the publisher. Maybe you didn't write the song. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, you didn't know about copyright. Maybe you didn't know about mechanicals. And all these things are gone. You're like, why am I making two cents? Yeah. You're like, because you didn't, you, you need to educate yourself. And mm-hmm. I learned because by myself, because everybody told me nobody was interested in doing working with me as an artist because i didn't have enough money you have to have enough money ultimately ultimately you have to have money or nobody's gonna pay attention Mm -hmm. and you know these songs i'm about to redo i don't think anybody's gonna listen to the lyrics (laughs) so they're not really producing i don't know maybe they're not gonna change it maybe they will i don't know Hmm. are they going to are they just gonna you know i want to create art yeah uh and but I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm not at all talking about the person, the people I'm working with right now. But I'm just saying that in the past, if I showed up with $22,000, how many people would be like, okay, be right there, you know? Yeah, and right. And then whereas before, they don't give you the time of day, even if you're the next fucking Bonnie Ray, they don't give a shit <laughs> unless, you know, and... I, they don't. Yeah. He who has the most money wins. Seems in politics, like everything. I hate to be cynical about it, but that's how it is, you know, mm-hmm. especially around here. So, um, do you? So, how how are you going to combat that? Are you just going to? Well, like... I have I'm I have an investor, you know, mm-hmm. and he believes in me, and it sure is nice. Because, <laughs> it really is because I can really focus on my art, you know. Um, I give him these these pieces of the pie you know he gets portions of these licenses so mm-hmm. that he can make money and um and we just put one foot in front of the other and so is that how that's how it's done yes that is as, how as done. above so below like no matter where you on where you are on the uh, spectrum of success or fame in the music business that's how it's done you have it to get is, an investor yeah. pretty and, much yeah. yeah and or go viral i mean it's a whole different world today because you can see that homeless guy, somebody take a picture of that homeless guy on the side of the road with the ra- the radio voice. Remember that yeah, guy? Right. Yeah. And he went viral and got a new job. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, that there's that too. Yeah. That so, seems like just like luck. 
completely bl- dumb yeah. luck, but so, yeah. Well, you can try to combine the two. You can give them something weird to look at when your music videos, mm-hmm. something interesting, right. something creative, something artistic, maybe. Um, yeah. Okay can, Goes so, is really good at Yeah, that, I like the their videos. videos. Yeah, yeah, they are. I know. But they also probably have budgets that... You know, that we will <laughs> yeah. have someday soon, right? Yeah, So exactly. we will have those budgets someday. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's positive thinking. Uh, well, yeah, that that's, seems like you've really, um, you've really, like, spent time thinking, planning things out. It's, you, you speak like you've written a lot of things down uh, and well, studied a lot of things. Definitely did my studying. Xeroxing pages out of books. Not <laughs> really. I just read it and just retained it, yeah. you know, and because I was interested in it. So I, I one of the few things I remember is uh, the business. <laughs> well, that's great because, you know, some people will get cynical if they haven't had the success that they've wanted to have and mm-hmm. then just get cynical and mm-hmm. that's it. But it seems like you're taking all these life lessons that you have... D- and for better or for worse, whether they're positive or negative, you're coming out in the end smarter, right. more knowledgeable. And still cynical. <laughs> and still a little cynical. <laughs> maybe, maybe it wouldn't be cynical, but just a realistic. little more realistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, one thing I did learn was how delusional I was. I started working for this guy, um, this music group called Ozark Music Group. The guy uh-huh. turned out to be slightly you know, I don't want to slander him, but he's, I think he's still in jail right now. I'll just okay. let you know. He taught me a lot of things, but he also, he, t- he showed, I saw a lot of delusional people come through his office because he was, uh, the, a, he, thought, he t- told people he was a producer. We'd get in the studio, the, the dude couldn't chart a song, mm. a producer that he would give no input. He would look to me for, is this okay? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine, you know, and I would give suggestions and uh, let him think that he thought of it and things like that. But um, I did learn a lot from him. I learned, like I said, about delusional people, and I dropped my delusions immediately. Now, you know, it's a different kind of delusion. So, uh, but um, really, no, but you have to be realistic about yourself. I'm not going to go up there and try to be Taylor Swift or yeah. Miley Cyrus. I'm not, that's being realistic, you yeah. know. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stay within the things that are comfortable for me. I'm just going to play slide. I'm going to play some country picking. I'm not going to sit there and try to be something else. So there's... But that's what draws people to your bands because that's they're very real. Right. They're but very I still had delusional thoughts about uh, taking over the world and as far as like, <laughs> you know, and like being as big as this person or that person. Oh, okay. But after a while, you have to let that go. You do. You might be able to for a little bit in this area of the internet or this area of radio or mm-hmm. this area. But, uh, you know, so realistic. I'm being realistic. Well, in the business world, they say you got to find your niche. Uh-huh. Right. And it's the same mm-hmm. in music. And it seems like now that you're saying this is going to be a blues record. So you're going to try to hit blues publications, blues oh, radio. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. We just, well, that and, you know, we're also just going to go to the wide open internet. Yeah. Put it out there. So it's we're not going to just say, oh, only the people in the blues lane can listen to this. Yeah. Because they might reject it. and But there's other people who won't. So um, you never know. So try to have a healthy attitude. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Beth. Thank you <laughs> so much for letting me blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was my Facebook post today, blah, blah, blah. Is, is there... That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> 
Sorry. Is, is there uh, anything you want to say to fans um, or give any shout outs uh, or prom- promotional things? Well, my fans, you know who you are. There's two or three of you. <laughs> um, really, though, some my friends, there's been a few people that have been kind of send you a text in dark, deep, dark times and uh, 10 years ago or whatever. And they kind of carry you through. And um, I really appreciate those people who just even sending a text saying, hey, I'm playing your song in the jukebox right now at this club. I love it. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's awesome. fantastic. And and they're wonderful people, so I'll always be, hopefully, be as kind as I can to them. You know? Awesome. So, there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to get you set up to, to perform in here. Okay, and, we'll uh... see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, thanks again for coming. All out. right. Thank you, Andrew. Having a breakdown Your 19th nervous breakdown You're having a breakdown Nervous breakdown You're having a breakdown Breakdown, breakdown You didn't lose your way You didn't have a bad day Pushing you to the limit Another day with the sunshine missing, yeah It's putting you out You're having a breakdown You're not too nervous breakdown You're having a breakdown Nervous breakdown you're having a breakdown Breakdown, breakdown You didn't run out of gas Your tires didn't go flat You didn't break a string Nor did you run into something, yeah You're holding on to no good reasons and hurting is all that you're feeling, yeah, breakdown. It's putting you out, having a breakdown. Your 19th nervous breakdown, having a breakdown. Nervous breakdown, having a breakdown. Break down, break down Hey baby, it's almost over You don't have to carry the world on your shoulders You can still find your four-leaf clover, yeah Picture Rory Hoffman playing the Barry saxophone (laughs) Maybe a little guitar
Well, there's my interview with Beth Garner. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the coming weeks for all the new episodes of Musician. Have a great week, everybody.